4: Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Once again, coming at you via the power of the internet. I confirmed did get coronavirus. I'm feeling good. Got a lingering cough. So excuse me if I have to pull off the the mic and cough a little bit off mic. Um, but I still, I, I love my friend. I care for my friend, Tyler. I don't want to get him sick, even though technically I'm out of the quarantine period. Uh, today is my eighth day, I think. It's been a week, whatever it is. Um... It's impacted our schedule a little bit. Some housekeeping. We were supposed to do Hustle as like a special weekend episode. And then this episode was supposed to be um, Jurassic World Dominion. Obviously, I couldn't go see Jurassic World because I was isolating like a responsible citizen. So we pushed back Hustle. We'll eventually do Jurassic World and whatever we have next week, uh, light years next week. Ty and I are actually going to be in Las Vegas. We haven't really talked about the logistics of this. So there might be a little bit. Not at all. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll catch up eventually. Like we'll definitely there will be a Jurassic World Dominion review. There will be a Lightyear review, eventually. Um, but I mean, we'll this get is there. This is the first time I've mentioned it to Tyler live on the podcast. So and I know it probably hasn't crossed his mind about Vegas. No,
3: it entirely it entirely has crossed my mind multiple times, and it's just kind of like a eh, shrug my shoulders. That's a futuresque problem. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do I do have one question. You uh you said you confirmed got coronavirus did did you ever confirm that
4: so no i actually didn't because i tested before i had Mm. symptoms it came up negative and then um i I got symptoms and then i found out uh i don't know if i've updated you on the total a grand total of 16 people from the trip got coronavirus um 15 and then i was told 15 i'm assuming i'm the 16th and i had all the symptoms so i just operated under the understanding that i had it because uh that's literally one fourth of the people that were there. So, and once again, all the new cases I heard of were like people I was close contacts with. So, I may or may not have been patient zero. tie.
3: Yeah, you may have, but I just I don't think we can throw out words like confirm without an actual confirmation.
4: <laughs> true, true. Um, so we're gonna talk hustle. Adam Sandler, serious basketball movie. A movie that kind of felt like it was made for the basketball nerds. And um, as someone who likes basketball myself, you know, spoiler alert, kind of enjoyed it. It was a weird movie we talked about before where it was like – it was serious, but it's Adam Sandler, and it's like is it going to be – it's not Uncut Gems, but is it going to be – it's not Hubie Halloween, where it was going to fall. I think it fell in a good place personally, Um, and then after that, we had nothing else to talk about. Miss Marvel, cool episode two – Cinematics and everything are great, but there's not. we're not going to bullshit for 15 minutes about nothing because there really was nothing to talk about. So we were going to do a draft, the top five worst jobs to have in sports, Ty, because Adam Sandler hates being a scout. He just wants to be an assistant coach.
3: Yeah, I, I can't wait to do it, Jay. Let's get into it. Percent of the time, it works. Every time. Don Santos, What? We just become best friends. Yep.
1: I do so good. Oh! I'm not fucking leaving.
3: After a down-on-his-luck basketball scout discovers an extraordinary player abroad, he brings the Phenon back without his team's approval. That, that's all he gave me. Wow. Wait. Was that right? <laughs> they are down on his luck. Basketball scout discovers an extraordinary okay. player abroad. Okay. He brings okay. the phenom back without his team's approval. hundred percent.
4: Okay. I, I don't know what I heard. I thought it, the synopsis was something about like the phenom winning his team back or whatever. Um, mm. But I, I was wrong. Nope. I, I misheard. I was just looking at our soundboard real quick and I was trying to see if there was like a mute button for like coughs and our soundboard doesn't have one. Our soundboard's also very dusty. I need to dust that, but it'd be nice if there was just a mute button that I could just press it real quick, but oh, well we carry on Ty. Hustle, Netflix original. Um, I'm sure it's part of the multi-hundred million dollar deal Adam Sandler has had with Netflix. Has he had a non-Netflix movie? I mean, there's Uncut Gems, but besides that, everything he's done is has been his Netflix Studio stuff,
3: right? Yeah, and I think Uncut Gems wasn't. Happy Madison was a 24. So I think happy Madison probably is like the deal with Netflix.
4: No. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it is. Um, And it wasn't, it was a 24, like you said, but like, he's not doing anything else outside of happy Madison. He's just kind of producing some of the stuff he's in, some of the stuff he's not in. Uncut gems was obviously, you know, a different circumstance with, um, you know, him liking the script. It was about basketball too, whatever. Um, So yeah, this was, you know, most of the movies they've done on Netflix haven't been great. I mean, I know, One of the first ones was that the Seven Horsemen, or I don't even remember what it's called. Um, That one, I know, didn't. it has like a 0% in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, We just had the Kevin James one that he's obviously not in, but it was produced by Happy Madison. The uh, Home Team, which we reviewed here on the podcast, go check it out. That was not very good. Um, You know, so this was kind of... What was that? It was atrocious.
3: You don't (laughs) have to say not very good. It was really bad.
4: (laughs) Yeah. and then this was also produced uh, by LeBron, J- LeBron James's entertainment company, Spring Hill Entertainment. So LeBron had his uh, fingertips all over this as well. I'm shocked he was not in it. Um, he was credited as a producer along with Maverick Carter, his business parter- partner. Um, you know, there's a lot of basketball players in this tie, um, both playing themselves, um, whether short appearances or playing other characters. Um, Bo Cruz, the, the star of the show, besides Adam Sandler, was uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, who's just kind of like a whatever rotational player in the NBA. And then the number two oh, overall Oh no shit. What?
3: That was like an actual NBA player?
4: Yeah. Did not know that. Um and then the number two overall pick, Kermit Wiltz, was played by Anthony Edwards, who's actually is a pretty big he was the number one overall pick like two years ago and like had a really big coming out party this season. So um, did I didn't realize and I watched basketball that that was Anthony Edwards. I don't know how I didn't realize that until after the movie. And I was like, damn, Anthony Edwards did better than I thought. So um, they had basketball players playing fictional. And there was obviously like the – oh, there was um also the agent. What's his name? Uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. He played the agent. Yep. Um, his friend, du- Double Deuce's friend, Adam Sandler, um, which was funny too because in the movie they had the, the NBA on TNT crew. They cut <laughs> to them. And Kenny Smith just wasn't there. It was just the three guys. and It was like – Okay man, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, funny, I'm
3: but. I'm glad you brought that up because it was very noticeable. I was like this is not a three man crew. Where's the fourth guy? And I was like, "Oh yeah, the fourth guy's a character in this movie." They
4: should have been funny with it and had it been like Chris Rock or like Keegan Michael Key, just like some random ass person oh, playing playing an NBA player. I think they that could have been funny. Um
3: we're like percent if we're at if we're at like the pitch meeting or whatever for this movie, if we're on the production team, Adam Sandler says yes to that. They didn't think of that, because 100 percent he says yes. Yeah,
4: for sure. Like they'll pay him the 50k or whatever it takes to shoot for five minutes, because they were very briefly on it, but like that would have been funny. Um But yeah, so there it's a lot of basketball players in it, and it's a movie for basketball people. And it has a 92%, 92% Rotten Tomatoes and 127 reviews, 92 audience. Um, it's getting great reviews, Ty. Which when we saw the trailer like a month ago, a month and a half ago, we were both like, "Okay, we saw the whole the whole plot of the movie in this trailer. It's probably going to be like too serious and be corny." And the 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 consensus says it's not. Now I don't know how you feel about the movie, but like, even though I knew the score was high, I was still pleasantly surprised, Ty.
3: Yeah, I I think it it was sincere enough where it just felt like a feel-good kind of movie. Like, there wasn't anything necessarily cheesy about it. Um, well, it's, there's some cheesy stuff, but, like, nothing too bad. Like, it just felt like a sincere story, make you feel good. Uh, you were rooting for these guys the whole way, and I think it it was a fun watch. I didn't have a problem with it.
4: Rated R, which I was surprised by. Um, what what the fuck? Why? I, language is what it says. This is probably – I don't know if they dropped multiple fucks. I'm sure that's probably is why. Um, but this is like one of the softest R rated movies I've ever seen.
3: (laughs) They seriously, the fact that like language can get you an R rating. It's the most ridiculous thing in movies fucking ever.
4: Well, don't make me go on the rabbit hole about how the MPAA is, uh, the way I said that, um, the whole thing is a fucking scam, bro. I took in one of my media classes in college, we watched a documentary about it and it's like 15. I don't know if it's really 15, but it's like, a smaller than you think group of people who are all anonymous and they just like stay at home and watch movies all day. And they make these movie reviews and like, they don't have to report to the public. They don't have to explain themselves. Like it, a lot of people in Hollywood don't like them because like there's a big difference in the box office. If you're PG 13 or R or in some cases is like R to not rated. Um, that's mostly what the documentary was about was like these movies that are not rated and like how they were, um, not uh consistent with their rating scales and everything how like one thing will get you not rated but like you could go up ahead someone and you'd only be r-rated whatever it was um so the mpaa is kind of a sketchy as is ty so you're, it's, you're just, it's
3: such a it's such a broken scale like it just made no fucking sense this movie could have been rated fucking e for everyone i know <laughs> it's video games but still
4: <laughs> yeah i you get one you get one fuck which is just the hilarious thing about it it's like 13 year olds or whatever PG13 is supposed to mean. They can hear one fuck, but if they hear more than one, that's when you're that's when you're messing with them, you know?
3: Yeah, and like I like is that all like is that all it takes? Cuz like what's the what's the lowest rating you can get on a movie?
4: What? Just a G, right?
3: Yeah, so like if you make a G movie, but you have one of your characters say fuck twice, does it automatically jump all the way up to R?
4: <laughs> that's a good question. Maybe we should let's make a movie tie. <laughs>
3: like seriously like if it's rated g like a full-on fucking ice age but the slot says fuck twice does that jump it all the way up
4: it probably does and even ice age is pg ty like to get a g rating you got to be like like veggie tales i think (laughs) like g ratings are hard to pg a lot of the yeah a lot of the kid
3: movies are pg still it's g rated movies a bug's life princess and the frog Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. There was some what? dark themes in that. That should be PG.
4: Yeah, that's that's again inconsistent. MPAA tie. <laughs> cars, Cars has so many fucking hidden like
3: adult jokes in it.
4: Doesn't uh the the girl car? I cars is my favorite, and I'm being put on the spot and I remember her name. Doesn't she have a tramp stamp?
3: <laughs> she does. She doesn't really have a tramp stamp. <laughs> oh. This is wild. This is fucking wild, bro.
4: Yeah inconsistent tie um let's jump into hustle review though i I don't think we have anything else to really set the table with the movie itself um plot slash story so you know as the synopsis mentions it's it's a scout he wants to get out of the scouting world um you know he's he's obviously has a great eye for talent kind of the opening of the movie is him finding this guy or maybe not so much finding a guy but telling the team not to draft someone that player ends up sucking i forgot his name what his name was in the movie um and then the 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 owner of the team Old-ass dude is like, you know, I'm going to make you assistant coach. Then he dies, of course, and then his dickhead son takes over, takes him out from being assistant coach, makes him a scout again because he's like, hey, we fucked up the last pick because I didn't listen to you. And then, you know, he's trying to find the next guy and then stumbles across Bo Cruz, who is a street ball player and has all his issues and blah, blah, blah. And it's a whole redemptive story of trying to get Bo Cruz in the league against all odds and, you know, Adam Sandler gets fired, all that fun stuff. You know, so um, kind of a standard sports redemption story. Um, I gave it a 13 out of 20. It it was, it was run of the mill. It was predictable at times, had predictable highs, predictable lows. It, it, I did think it went up and down more than I expected where it was like, oh, something bad happened. Bo Cruz is done. And then it would come back up and then it would come back down. And then you're kind of like, okay, next time they go up, it's over. But then they go back down again. And it's kind of like they, they take the tropes and they, they do it multiple times. Um, but in the end, he gets drafted by the Boston Celtics. I was hoping he'd go first overall because they had that whole, like, second overall pick is the guy he's feuding with. So I, I that's what I thought. I was like, oh, Bo Cruz is going to get picked first overall now. He wasn't, um, which probably makes sense because then who? what happens to the actual first overall pick who you never even mentioned by name? Does he become two mm-hmm. and then the Kermit guy becomes three? Like, I, it was all jumbled. I don't know. Um, 13, though. Pretty standard sports movie um, story. There were some things I was – confused by but i want to get your take on first.
3: Yeah, I, just going through it like you said, it was very very predictable and run of the mill redemption sports story. I liked the pacing, I like you know how it plays out, but it's just uh, so unoriginal. Um and that's not like I, I don't mind watching it. I re- rewatch movies all the fucking time and love them. But looking at it from like a plot standpoint, i gave it a 9. I think it's fairly average. It's been done so many times before there's the, Oh, he's not going to make it. He's out. Oh, he's back in like (laughs) that. It's just, it's very predictable.
4: Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, Some things just inside baseball things or inside basketball, I should say, Um, you know, I'll talk about the actual basketball scenes when we get to the appropriate category, but like the fact that the, I, I know there's some overarching owners like Artie Moreno on the Los Angeles angels, who hmm. put their fingerprint on every decision that's made. But like, I know there was a guy who played the Sixers GM in this, but like, I don't know. I don't remember who it was. Like, it was like the whole thing was like the owner was making all the decisions, like the basketball related decisions. And that's just like, not how it works typically. Um, but yeah. like I said, owners do have the final say, so they they can play that. Um, and then I had something else. Oh, the whole, I was confused by the whole second overall pick thing. But then I actually thought about it, and it made sense because I was like, why wouldn't they just have the first overall pick be the guy he's beefing with? But it's like, oh, why – then the question becomes, why would the first overall pick actually be at these combine things? We have to make him the second overall pick. That way he, in theory, has something he's aiming towards. Um, so I guess that you know. made sense. Um, it was also funny too. So he ends up on the Celtics, right, Ty? The reason they did that is because they obviously filmed it as at a game. Um, you know, th- those scenes were filmed probably before a Celtics um, – Celtics 76ers game just like kirby fully loaded do you know my parents were there when they filmed kirby fully loaded at the california speedway like the the final scene or whatever
3: no fucking way
4: either they were or dave was someone was someone was I, I don't want to speak out of turn if you bring it up and they weren't there but one of my family members were there because they filmed it at california speedway um and they do it like before the race or after the race and they tell the crowd like oh just generic cheers you know whatever um, so they probably did that with this. The reason he's on the Celtics is in real life to start the season. He was on the Celtics. He's no longer on the Celtics. He played for like four different teams this past season. He's like, not a good player. Um, but that made me laugh. Cause he has to rewatch this, like him in a Celtics Jersey where he spent all of 18 games and then spent five games with the Spurs and then 17 games with the jazz. Um, no longer on the Celtics though. Okay.
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe he just gives up on his basketball career and becomes a basketball actor.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, Ty. Um, I was going to transition that into characters, but that's later in the, in the scale. Um, We're two categories away, my guy. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a great segue, um, but that part made me laugh when I was like, why did they pick the Celtics? Because he's not on the Celtics, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that's where he was to start the year, and poor guy's not on that team anymore, and they're in the NBA finals. Um, Oof. Even though they're going to lose tonight, and the, the Warriors are going to be champs again. Visuals cinematography. So this is an interesting category because it's like how much do you weigh in the basketball scenes? But the basketball scenes also get weighed into a different category here. Um and it's kind of the balance of a movie like this. I, I didn't want to put too much emphasis on the basketball scenes because I was emphasizing it in the next category in the key elements category. So I kind of just thought of like the more run of the mill, mundane stuff, and like I thought the soundtrack was pretty good. Um I thought some of their use of, like, the the technology was fine. I mean, there's no CGI in this, obviously. There's, like, a more serious tone to the filming with, like, the color grading and everything. And, like, there's some darker moments and whatnot. Like, dark, not darker, like, scary or anything, but just darker in in contrast or whatever. I thought it was a pretty average film, though, all things considered, in terms of the visual cinematography. And I think I gave it a little bit of a bump because the basketball, even though I said I wasn't considering it too much. And because... I like the soundtrack. I gave it a 14 out of 20, Ty. What'd you give it?
3: Right there with you. I I gave it a 14. Um, When you told me there was, like, actual basketball people in this, I got excited because my my fucking number one pet peeve of being a sports fan (laughs) and being a movie fan is when movies try to make non-athletic drama nerds look like athletes. Yeah. And it just never works, and it takes me out of the film. Yeah. You can't have drama nerds who didn't do any PE, who skipped PE, and did drama instead – who just acted their entire lives, pretend to be physical athletes? It doesn't work. And this movie, they, they just said, "Fuck it, let's just get the actual people." And I appreciated that, and it looked good. Careful, um, careful outside with all that, these I... words,
4: Ty, your your sister and her significant other were drama nerds.
3: They are, and I think they would be terrible in a basketball movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, like you said, some of it was it was more serious in the way they shot it. Um, there was. A little bit more attention to detail than you know, fucking a regular Adam Sandler movie. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the home team, The shitty home team. Um, I did appreciate the uh, Rocky Balboa training montage. Um, yeah, that was like good. That was good. Parallel type thing because it was in Philadelphia and everything. So I liked that part of it. Um, but yeah, I'm 14. I appreciated that their their quote unquote action sequences of basketball actually looked good. I think if we give fight movies credit for having good fight choreography, we got to give sport movies credit for having good sports choreography.
4: We'll transition that into key elements, Ty, because obviously the basketball is part of the key elements. What did you give that on a scale from one to twenty?
3: Yeah, so key elements. It's a feel-good sports movie. Um, not I, not necessarily a buddy cop, but you have these two kind of bouncing back and forth and, and becoming friends and everything throughout throughout it. Um, I, I gave it a seventeen. I think the sports stuff looked really, really well. I, I think they did that fantastic. I think the feel-good aspect of it, the the not typical Adam Sandler humor, but just the lighthearted humor throughout worked really well. Um, the family stuff, like, it, it was good. It's nothing incredible. It's not perfect. I think they've done movies like this better. But I think they did a really good job in this.
4: Yeah, I gave it a 17 as well. Um, same score, back-to-back categories. Yeah, the basketball in this is, like, I'm not exaggerating here. Like some of the best basketball in a movie I've seen. And that's because they have mostly pro basketball players. Like all of the, like when they played like the combine games, like there was the, the later scene where they're playing at the high school, like Trey young is there. Jordan Clarkson is there. Aaron Gordon is there. Those are actual NBA players, obviously. Um, but even like the, the non big names or anything, Edward who plays the Kermit guy. Like when they, I watched the credits and they had like some street ballers and like, it was like, this this movie was like a love letter to basketball, and the basketball scenes, and obviously the bronze overlooking it, and Adam Sandler plays basketball himself. I'm sure he was hooping on set too. Um, I thought we were gonna get like a one on one between Sandler's character and the guy, and Sandler's character like with one hand would kind of like school him, and that'd be like a learning lesson. Kind of sad we didn't get that, but that probably would have taken away from the basketball purity of this because the basketball in this <laughs> was really really good, and that deserves credit. And like you said, like the feel good story stuff. I got a little emotional, but I had COVID when I watched it, so I was at a low point in my life, so you can't hold it against me. (laughs) Um, But, like, yeah, like, in terms of sports drama, like, you know, it's kind of run-of-the-mill in that regard and, like, the family stuff. It it was fine. Um, They kind of touched on, like, Sandler not being a great dad and then kind of just, like, let it be. Like, kind of never came full circle for him as a character, I feel like. Um, He just kind of got his dream job, and then he's like, oh, I'm a good dad now. Um, That's... (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of fucked up. So that's what keeps it from being like a 20 and everything. Um, like you said, the comedy I thought was spot on it, I was hoping it wouldn't be like Adam Sandler comedy and it wasn't, it was more kind of like not dry humor, but it was subtle and like, you know, f- few and far between. Um, and it worked, you know, I it got some chuckles out of me. You're not going to laugh your ass off, but you know, got some chuckles and stuff. So it was good. It was,
3: yeah, it was, it was the perfect amount of humor for this kind of movie. Um, with the basketball with a whole bunch of basketball players being in it i um i you know i'm not a basketball purist here (laughs) um don't watch a whole lot of the nba i probably i know jason tatum and seth curry probably in the finals right now
4: steph curry
3: um did i say seth yeah you said seth (laughs) that's his brother i know it's steph steph clay thompson clay thompson there you go (laughs) in this movie uh dirk nowitzki shaquille o'neal trey young that's it. That's all I knew. Really?
4: Wasn't – there was Charles Barkley. The The TNT was on it. Um, oh, well, yeah. Those guys. Oh, what the hell? Riley was – Riley left somewhere. I didn't even know she left. I just saw her car drive by. Um, She said she out. <laughs> um, Doctor,
3: Dr. J was in this? Yes. Never would have known who that was.
4: Okay. Fair. I mean, he's pretty old. Um, I don't remember any of the other – there was, like, cameos with, like, you know, players, like, recording themselves, like, on their phone or whatever and talking. Um, I, I don't remember off the top of my
3: head, but I, I knew most of, of everyone that was in it, so. I figured you didn't. When the credits rolled and it just kept showing basketball players, I was like, ooh, probably should have known more of these guys. That's fine, though.
4: <laughs> oh, man. Um, characters tie. I almost uh... – no, I'm going to keep it where it's at. I'm going I'm to keep true to my score. Um, I feel like this category kind of got a little, uh, no, uh, I'm gonna bump it down one. I'm sorry, guys. I was giving it a little bit too much love for the basketball players actually being good actors and like kind of grading them on a curve when I probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, that being said, I thought the people who, the basketball players who were acting this were all great, The you didn't even know the Hernan Gomez was a basketball player. I thought Anthony Edwards, the guy who played Kermit was fantastic. And a lot of people were like. He wasn't acting. He was just being Anthony Edwards and being a dick, which is probably true. Ooh, um, that's not good. <laughs> um, Adam Sandler, you know, was fine in his role and everything. I gave this a 13 out of 20. I originally gave it a 14. I bumped it down one. Um, not horrible acting from the NBA players, and that's good.
3: Yeah, I I'm, I did the opposite of you. I was at a 12, and I bumped it up to 13. Okay. Um, we ended on the same score. Adam Sandler he gives a good performance in this. It's subtle. It's not, you know – stupid Adam Sandler humor. It's not uncut gems, um, but he gives a good performance in this. He's still Adam Sandler, but more serious, more emotional moments and, and stuff like that. Um, but the Bo Cruz dude, fantastic. He did yeah. a good performance for a non-actor. I think it was an, a good performance for just a regular person as yeah. opposed to like an actual basketball player. He probably picked on drama nerds growing up. Um, <laughs> no, he was really good. The Anthony Edwards dude was, I know that name. I didn't know that's who that was um real good dick yeah. didn't like him very much at all <laughs> didn't... so i I think the performances were good the family was was okay like uh i can't think of her name the, the mom in this she's very famous queen latifah yeah she's good liked her in this i like their their dynamic together I, I think it was fine
4: yeah i agree ty i agree when you said you didn't like Anthony Edwards. He was a dick. I thought you were going to say it wasn't a good performance, but no, you're saying you actually didn't like him. So that is a good performance. Correct. That's yeah. What I'm saying?
3: Okay. Yeah. He seemed like, you seemed like a bitch. Didn't like him. You can't talk about a man's daughter. <laughs> <It's> a child. <laughs> um,
4: uh, enjoyment tie. Um, look, I enjoyed this. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it as much as Top Gun, which got a higher enjoyment score than this, but I was pleasantly surprised it was an easy watch. It was two hours, but like it didn't feel too long. Um, it, it's a good sports movie, you know. As a sports fan myself, I'm gonna enjoy a good sports movie. Um, I gave it a fourteen out of twenty.
3: Okay, yeah, uh, I I'm right there with you. Uh, again, same score, fourteen. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> it's it is a good sports movie. It makes you know it makes you feel good. I think that overall, like you said, it, it's longer, but it flows by really quickly. It's easy to watch. Um, oh, the bossiness! We didn't talk about the the son. What's the son's name?
4: I don't know, but he was a dick too.
3: He was a good dick. I liked him as a villain. It was he a just nice had little. a dick ben face Foster. too. Foster. Oh, big time! Big ben time! Dick Foster face is his name. Yeah, he. Oh, he's a dick and something else. What else is he in? He's got a dick face. <laughs> I. You're not wrong. I don't know what I know him from. Inferno, Hell or High Water. Oh, that's a good movie. Maybe that's where I know him from. National Trevor, uh, National, oh, National Theater. That's why I stuttered, because I wanted it to be National Treasure, but it was National Theater. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't like him, and just that back and forth and everything and and all of that. Like, it worked for me. It was was an enjoyable watch. Um, You said you didn't like it as much as Top Gun? I'm, it's very hard for me to like something as much as I like Top Gun, but this is this is a good movie, man. I enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend this to people.
4: You're not wavering on the Top Gun love yet,
3: Ty? Oh no, that movie was fucking fantastic. I I really want to watch it again. How many times? I was talking I was talking about it at work today. Not even I'm not even kidding. A fucking great movie. Someone played. Someone has like their iPad hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker playing music in the lobby, and they played Highway to the Danger Zone, and I was fucking locked back in. <laughs> fucking locked back in <laughs> great movie oh my
4: god i fucking love how much you loved top gun that's that was one of the most unexpected podcast moments i didn't think you'd love it that much um hustle tie i believe you gave it a 68 out of 100 because i gave it a 71
3: mm, that's where you're wrong buddy because i gave it a 67
4: oh that's right we had a four point difference on our plot story excuse me what'd you give it 71
3: 71? Okay. A little bit higher than me. Final score of 69 out of 100. Um, Putting it at 79 out of 138 films we've had reviewed on this list. It's in the likes of uh, Army of the Dead, Mm -hmm. Don't Look Up, The Binge, Mm -hmm. Last Night in Soho, Mm -hmm. Vacation Friends, Um, I'd, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse as well. Um, for sixty, was 99 100 Not
4: bad. Yeah, right below Bob's Burgers and Chip and Dale's two movies we just recently um, reviewed. Yeah, and that, that's... So I said this last week and I think what my argument I made for Top Gun last week is so much more applicable to this movie where it's really hard not... It's really hard to shit on this movie. I'm not going to say it's really hard not to like it, but it's really hard to shit on it. And even though it's got a 92%, it's not in a, in the same realm as like a a Top Gun or other 90 plus. It's just one of those movies where it's like it, it. Like I said, it's hard to hate. So even though like on our scale, it's only a 69, which is above the line still or within the lines. Excuse me. um, You know, it, people are going to it, it's just not going to get a rotten. You know what I mean? If this was a scale, yeah. if rotten tomatoes was a scale from one to 10, like, yeah, I wouldn't rank as high, but it's, it's fresh or rotten. And you know, more people are going to pick fresh. So that I think what the argument I made last week about that for Top Gun applies more to this. so.
3: No, yeah, for sure. It's hard for someone to say this was a bad movie. No one's going to say it's an Oscar-worthy movie. No one's going to say it's incredible. But I think even less people are going to say it was bad.
4: Yeah, for sure. I was trying to see if Armin White reviewed it. He has not reviewed it. Um, he's on a little bit of a hot streak here, Ty. Of four of his last five reviews have
3: been fresh. He's actually been what given I mean?
4: a lot more fresh reviews recently. I think he's uh, changing his ways.
3: What are, the, what
4: are the fresh movies uh lost illusions from 2021 um benediction 2021 never heard of it top Gun maverick and the long day closes from 1992.
3: wow i have heard of one of those movies and i unfortunately agree with him
4: um for the long day closes i have no idea what it's about but he his i, I don't know what's getting up on like what's up up with him ty because he put if asked to name the greatest gay film ever made, I'd say with no hesitation, The Long Day Closes. Written and directed by British auteur, Terence Davies.
3: Well, I wonder if it's about like people hating gay people and saying how wrong it is. <laughs> Knowing him, probably. Um, it's like a Christian, like, we have to reform the gays type movie. And he was like, this is a fantastic gay film.
4: <laughs> um, it just says... The film is set in Liverpool in the mid-1950s. The story concerns a shy 12-year-old boy, Bud, and his loving mother and siblings. He lives a a life rich in imagination, centered on family relationships, church, and his struggles at school. Music and snatches of movie dialogue allow him to enrich his narrow physical environment. I didn't see anything about being gay. What what were you about to say?
3: You said church. There's our answer.
4: Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's got 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, so, but that's only 12 critics.
3: And he's one of them.
4: <laughs> well, this was written before him, so 13 now, 86, whatever it has now. Um, I don't know. Maybe I need to go watch it and see. Um, hustle, though. So do you want the random Rotten Tomato movie score now or later?
3: Let's get it at the end. We always do it at the end.
4: Okay. Okay, so now, top five sports jobs that – would suck the most? You wouldn't want to have? What exactly are we titling this?
3: Either of those. I think that's that's the title. The five worst
4: jobs to have in sports? Yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I might have went first last time, so I'll let you go first. And I swear to God, if you're one of one is fucking blogger for fansided or something, I'm just going to turn off the podcast right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Being the journalist who thought Mike Trout shouldn't be an all-star. You know, he shouldn't be an all-star this year either. He's too injured. Okay. Have fun writing that article. <laughs> Get shit on. No, um, so look, I have some better ones. Um, this is a very last-minute list. I like all five of mine, but I'm going to go – basically my order of ranking, I know it's a draft. I'm just hoping you don't have any of these that I have. Um, so my my first pick is uh, being an NFL babysitter during COVID. So it was people's oh. jobs to make sure – that players uh, didn't leave their hotels, didn't do anything during COVID. The COVID enforcer. You know, obviously. Or whatever their name what? is. What? COVID
4: enforcer.
2: I
3: Exactly. Something, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to tell Aaron Donald he can't leave his room? No, I can't. That just seems like the most terrifying fucked up. Like, here we are, just very young, athletic, rich dudes who want to go out and have a good time, who are just three times your size minimum, and you have to tell them they can't leave their room. That is that's gotta be fucking awful. Are you are you making a political statement here, Ty? <laughs> no, I just I would hate to be the guy who had to do that. I agree with what they're doing. I think they were doing the Lord's work there <laughs> and trying to uh stop COVID. But fuck me, is that a job I don't want?
4: See, I don't know if they ever actually told him they couldn't. I think they just snitched on him if they did.
3: Oh, so it was more like uh we're just watching. We don't we don't tell you, it's up to you. But if you do it, we're going to let them know that you did it.
4: I think, but I could be wrong. I don't know.
3: Okay, that's fine. Uh, Still, (laughs) if you're the guy who snitches on Aaron Donald, that's even more terrifying.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Aaron Donald trains with knives. Uh, My first overall pick, Ty. This is a job I've seen firsthand. Now, I I have – obviously, I work in sports media, and I also have um, experience as a a bat boy slash clubhouse attendant, assistant, whatever, where – I cleaned fucking dirty toilets and picked up dirty laundry – not dirty laundry, but dirty towels and um, all that fun stuff. So, like, I I definitely saw the ugly side of sports there. I didn't want to pick my old former job, but I did pick a job that I saw firsthand. And let me tell you, this guy hates his job, and that is the steroid piss guy, specifically in baseball. Um, This guy shows up once every three weeks or so, four weeks. I don't know. That's how often I saw him. And he stands in the clubhouse. He's there for like two or three days. And he's literally just in the clubhouse the entire time. And he's just like, hey, man, I got to get you tested. Hey, man, got to get you tested. Like he has to pretty much pester every guy until they eventually are like, fine, fuck, whatever. And then he has to sit there and watch them piss. Um, they get to do it behind a urinal or whatever. But he's like just sitting there watching him piss. And then he's got a big old tray with just a bunch of fucking little – lab things of hot piss that he's got to carry around with them. Um, yeah, that guy, every time I talked to one of them, they just seemed like they hated their job, and I felt very bad for them.
3: <laughs> yeah, you have to stare at dicks all day. You're a narc, and nobody likes you.
4: Yeah, and it, every, everyone's like, why are you
3: here? Like, we don't, yeah, so. Yeah, that's got to suck. That's got to be real. Like, that's an actual really shitty job.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you get into that field. You know, God bless them. Um, maybe there's a career path and you can make your way up to the big leagues. Um, but yeah, you get to, you get to get real big leaguer piss. <laughs> I, I don't know how you find yourself in that. I'm sure it's like, you probably like, that's the shitty part too. Is like that guy probably has a degree. He probably has a medical degree and he has to go <laughs> collect piss dude. Like that sucks. <laughs> that's a PhD. Having people piss in a cup. <laughs> yeah. Emphasis on the P. Um, what's Ooh. your, what, what's your second pick
3: tie? Oh, that was a good pick, Jay. My nice. second pick. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep it rocking here. My second pick is a uh, someone who works at college basketball stadiums who has to clean up the stadium afterwards. Um, specifically, college. Specifically, college basketball because they college. just seem like the most rowdy cra- crowd ever. They're so- jumping up, they're spilling food everywhere. They don't give a fuck. They're college kids.
4: I think you should also loop in college football because, like, even though there's more casuals in there, like. You know, I mean, college football is very rowdy as well. You know, talking about down in the Bayou and LSU and everything. But, yeah, like, that job probably does suck, Ty.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just got to be a fucking nightmare. I can only imagine how late they have to stay cleaning up all this shit in the stands. It it seems miserable. I always think about that, like, when we go to
4: Dodger games or whatever and, like, because I try to pick up my trash, you know, and be a good Samaritan. And, like... I've seen the people on the Quakes, you know, it's a much smaller stadium, but like I've seen them have to go aisle to aisle and pick up all the trash and everything. And like, I don't like touching people's like food, like even though I take cups from Dodger stadium and wash them and reuse them. Um, but I don't like touching like people's like food. And like when there's like a nacho tray that has like sour cream everywhere. And like, if you had to like pick that up and like, that just, that grosses me out. So yeah, I I don't, I just imagine doing a a entire college basketball arena, or even if we're doing college football, a hundred thousand people, sitting in this fucking stadium and you got to go obviously there's more than one of you but row by row pick up all the shit and then hose it off or whatever like yeah that does not seem like a rewarding job in the slightest
3: like can you imagine if you're there and like you're just working your job and you see a fucking buzzer beater three to win the game your heart probably sinks in your fucking chest because you know shit's going everywhere
4: those are the people that hardcore root against over time like there's people like Behind the curtain in sports, like, most everyone in sports, probably the players included, hate overtime, hate extra innings. And, like, we're always rooting against it because just everything involved with it just makes life more complicated. It's kind of funny. Like, all the people that work behind sports get more excited when games go quicker. It's kind of of an issue. Like, the people in sports love sports but hate sports at the same time. But those people definitely are, like, triple overtime college basketball game. Like, oh, man. Fuck that they're just janitor it's it's honestly a janitor
3: tie you, you hate janitors yeah yeah basically college <laughs> sports arena janitors because you're not going home till four in the morning my guy you're about to see the sunrise
4: yeah and not making enough money either um mm, we hate close. That. we hate that they, they're not getting compensated in respect that they deserve um my number two tie I, I, wa- I had a very – this was a very broad job, but then I wanted to hone it down onto one specific person, and that is Francis Ngannou's sparring partner. Now, obviously, if you're Whoa. sparring with an with a UFC champion, you have some sort of you know, ability. You're not just some Joe fucking coming off the street, and Francis Ngannou isn't going to swing 100% full power, you would hope. But still, to have to get in there almost every day and just take a fucking beating from him – and even though you're wearing headgear, just getting fucking rocked. And what if he has a bad day one day and he just fucking knocks your lights out? We always see footage of sparring partners get knocked out. They don't get paid a shit ton. They get like five percent of the fighter's purse just to get their fucking shit wrecked. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I no never.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're a living punching bag. Like <laughs> yeah. that. That's really got to fucking suck. Yeah, like, just like here's a human being who can punch harder than anyone else on the planet. Go sit in a ring and get punched and kicked by him.
4: And usually these are lower level MMA guys who are just trying to make their mark, you know, and everything. And it's like, you're not allowed to hit the other guy back. Like, you're allowed to, like, throw feints and everything to, like, so he gets his timing and stuff. But you're not actually allowed to hit him in most cases. Some, you know, people are crazy and they just want to fucking battle on the sparring sessions. But, like, fuck, man, to be, like, a lower level. Like, you're just getting started. You're at the local fucking California MMA, CFMMA or whatever it's called over here and – you fucking get invited to Dominic Reyes' fight camp and he fucking spars with you and knocks your shit out with a head kick. Like,
3: uh -uh, uh uh-uh, (laughs) uh-uh. Yeah, no, it's got to fucking suck. It's got to be miserable. Um, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't think about combat sports because 100%, there's a lot of shitty jobs there.
4: I thought about a lot. I thought of, like, combat sports cut men where they're the ones that have to deal with, like, the nasty, gnarly cuts and, like, just everything, but
3: I don't know. I I went with just one of them. There should have been – I don't know if there – I mean, there very well could have been. Uh, The the show Dirty Jobs should have had like a sports week. Just done a whole bunch of sports dirty jobs.
4: Probably make a whole fucking series out of that, Ty. Just 12 episode seasons. Probably get like five seasons out of it, honestly.
3: Yeah. We're great. We already got four of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, once we're done with our list, there will be 10 episodes that you can (laughs) – well, we'll discuss. It would be hard to film one of my episodes, but – Oh, hard to film two of my episodes because this next one is a... Uh,
4: My next one, I'm going to go with, um, just to change the the mood a little bit here. I'm going to go with Little League Umpire, Ty. This is something you have job experience in. Uh, I have very limited job experience. They don't get paid anything. They get like 25 bucks and a hot dog to watch these 12-year-old kids lob the fucking ball over the plate half the time their balls. You got to call balls and strikes. You got to call the bases and no matter what you do even though the kid, half the kids in little league are shitty you're just going to get berated by the parents every single time and it's just it is mm. not rewarding no one realizes you're a volunteer and
3: it just sounds horrible it sounds absolutely horrible yeah first hand experience it's it's the worst it's the, they take it so much more serious than i think even mlb fans take it yeah cuz it's their kids yeah i it's just it's there's nothing good that comes out of it you're going to get yelled at <laughs> The parents are going to hate you. Yeah, no
4: matter what. And it's just the most obvious calls too and you, you still get shit for. Them.
3: Yeah. No, it's it's not fun and it fucking sucks. I knew you'd, I knew you'd appreciate that one. <laughs> now, my next pick is very very similar to yours. Um and that is being on an umpiring crew with Angel Hernandez. Okay. Okay. Um just just the same shit of getting shit on But now you're having to take the blame for someone else being so incompetent at their job. It's not even funny.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You could say the same about Joe West, but he's not in
3: the league no more. That's why I want Andrew Hernandez. It's just got to be terrible because you have to huddle up and pretend you agree with this dumb motherfucker, even though, you know, he made the wrong goal. and you just have a, you know, 40,000 people yelling at you and it's all because someone else sucks.
4: Yeah. He's not a good umpire. Um, And I know he's like suing MLB or whatever, because he, the racial discrimination um, and everything when they've said like, Hey, we just didn't pick you for the world series because you're not a very good umpire and you don't, you know, display good leadership abilities. I think is what the quote was from MOB. but yeah, it's bad. Like when the entire league doesn't like you and everyone knows you're not very good at your job, but I mean, he's protected by the union. That's what unions are for. So good for him. But it's, it is kind of crazy. Like, like why can't they send him down to triple a, like, why can't they demote him? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, send him to the minors. He needs to be option.
4: <laughs> I, I'm sure it's the union. I'm sure if they did that, the union would step in and freak out. Um, my fourth pick, Ty. Man, I had a really. My fourth pick. I'm gonna go with, and these last two are just. I mean, the last three, honestly, the first two were supposed to be more funny. I guess these are just things I wouldn't want to do. I'm gonna go with the tennis. Uh, in my case, would be a ball boy, but also ball girl. Um, those are the people who sit by the net and they have to run back and forth after every single point because I'm pretty sure they have to use a new fucking ball every single time because it's pro sports and they're just the most waste – pro sports are the most wasteful thing in the world. Um, so they got to run back and forth and just fucking grab the ball and whatever. I'm sure they rotate balls actually, but they they have to keep running back and forth. They, there's a video once every three months of them getting drilled in the face by 115-mile-an-hour yeah. serve or whatever. Um, it's dangerous, they're probably not paid, they probably get like free lunch and that's their compensation um, and like a, a 30-minute tennis lesson from someone and it just doesn't seem like a good time and it's it's hot as fuck, you're gonna get sunburnt too, like, I would never want to do that. Yeah, it doesn't,
3: I, I'm glad you brought it up getting the drill in the face because there's a couple videos of someone they're just standing there waiting to run after their ball and they just get a fucking tennis ball square to the fucking cheek and that just, that doesn't seem fun. And you
1: can't no cry. That.
3: You can't. You got to toughen up. And I I wouldn't be able to. Simply put, you'd be sitting there, you're, yeah, especially your skin. You'd be all sunburnt, just get drilled in the face. So it would hurt even more because you're sunburnt. Yeah. Not fun.
4: Yeah. You know what? Sunscreen I'd have to use?
3: Probably a lot. Probably a lot of sunscreen. Yeah. My uh, fifth and final pick, Jay. Look, man, there's one job in sports that's got to be the worst, and that's uh just being Mike Trout.
4: Wow, Really? it's got
3: to be miserable to be the best player in baseball and just, just having competence surrounding you everywhere.
4: Okay, <laughs> that that's the direction you went with the fifth pick is just Mike Trout. I'm glad you're admitting your team isn't competent. We don't talk about sports a lot on this podcast anymore, or on this one ever specifically. Um, yeah, your team isn't competent, Ty. And I'm, I just, I wish I didn't delete all my texts because I ran out of storage. Because the texts I got a week into the season they just they age so blissfully. They they really did.
3: I still have them. I'm holding on to them for when we make the playoffs at the end of the year. Um but no, yeah, it's just got to be miserable. Like the, like basketball, you know, if you're LeBron James, you you're taking your team to the playoffs. Football, if you're Tom Brady, you're taking oh, your team to the playoffs. Well,
4: LeBron James missed the playoffs this year.
3: Well, yeah, he's old now, but um still, like baseball, you're just you're superhuman good at baseball. And it just doesn't matter because everyone around you is terrible.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, not great. It's depressing not
3: for him bad. and for me.
4: <laughs> uh, my fifth and final pick. I'm just—it's it, so simple. I—I I, I almost want to like try to think of something else on the fly right here.
3: Say the one um, you weren't going to say.
4: No, I'm not. Um There's something on. The clock. I'm still debating about whether or not I'm leaving your other one in there. Um, oh, it's staying. I don't. I don't know, Ty. I don't know. You towed the line with that one, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the chain gang. Um, the the people who have to carry the freaking you know the first down markers up and down the field. A once again like the tennis ball boy and girl. You're moving a lot, even though that's good for you. Yeah. You want to enjoy the game, and you can't when you're just moving a lot. B, like when you're in like high school specifically, even I mean the NFL struggles with ball placement too. like the placement is just so horrible. And it's like it blows my mind that we have this like multi-billion trillion dollar sports uh, NFL, you know, media, everything with the NFL world. And we still use this very caveman two sticks with a 10 yard chain where it's like those guys could shift just a little bit and fuck everything up. And the ball placing, obviously, is the refs always get that wrong and everything. But it's like something we don't talk about a lot. Like, I've seen in high school all the time, like, when they carry the chains from, like, the sideline to the field, I know there's, like, a ref holding it and they're not, they can't, like, pull or anything. But if both guys just very slightly drift to the left, un- like, unintentionally, like, you're fucking up a whole play, a whole drive, a whole potentially game or season. Like, it's just such a bad system, I think, is why I wanted to include it. And it's just like, again, and, and you're always, um, you know, liable to just get ran over by a, by a football player, which is just never good. Even at the high school level, like I've had players almost hit me and it's like, fuck man, I I don't want to, I don't want to break a knee or anything. So I I would not want to be on the chain gang.
3: Yeah. I it's, it's the most incredible thing in sports where we just kind of eyeball and guess for three downs and then fourth down comes along and we're like, we have to be pristine, like pristine accuracy with this chain as if you didn't just guess every other play before, including that play as to where to put the ball. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they, they use this as if it's like locked in stone. This is exactly how far he went. Like there's so many different factors of human error involved in the system.
4: Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's the dumbest thing in sports. I mean, it's almost like having a guy stand behind home and just make judgment calls on balls and strikes. Um, very similar, very similar. (laughs) Um, fucking robot umps random rotten tomato movie score tie to wrap up the podcast um so this one is, is very straightforward uh i kind of feel bad i feel like i should do a different one this is our first ever uh movie we've reviewed that i'm giving you a rotten tomato score for um so we have reviewed it's hustlers on the podcast how'd you know <laughs> because i went to type in
3: hustle on our sheet and it tried to auto fill it to hustlers
4: it is hustlers um my brain was obviously working overdrive for this one. Um,
3: I mean, it doesn't get much more random than adding two letters. From hustle to hustlers. I don't
4: know what we gave it. I don't have our other document up. What did we give hustlers on a scale from 1 to 100?
3: It was like a or, 77
4: or, or something, right?
3: Let me hit the old Control-F. Uh, hustle. Nope, not hustle. We need hustlers. We gave it a 78 I out of 100.
4: That was close. Um,
3: uh, not a, Not a bad score.
4: Starring Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez, Julia Stiles, Mercedes Rule. Um, I believe Cardio B's in it for a cameo, if I'm yep. not mistaken.
3: I think she's just like a, char- a side character, but a character. Oh,
4: yeah. Lizzo, I think, might have been a cameo. Or maybe she's a full character, too. I don't remember. Um, we saw it in theaters with our significant others. 2019, pre-COVID days. Ty, what do you think it got with 357 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes?
3: Mm. See, that movie, that movie had good reception. I don't know... How good? I'm definitely between 85 to 95 Um, And I I Feel fairly confident in that I'm gonna We're gonna rock an 87% You did it Hello? No (laughs) You finally did it No fucking way
4: Hustlers 87% On Rotten Tomatoes Ty (laughs)
3: Fucking go I, i'm so pumped right now
4: <laughs> I, I i think this is it this is the end you you finally did it um it has an 87 percent, 65 audience um those are probably people just review bombing it because it you know because of what it's about but you fucking did it ty i know we talked about when you finally got it i'll, I'll add some celebration noises in there because mm. you fucking did it ty <laughs>
3: I fucking did it. I, I feel so good about myself right now. It only took a movie that we've actually reviewed and 100% <laughs> looked up the scores before for me to get it, but I don't care. I fucking got it. Our score was a 78. I flipped those numbers. Um, It just feels really good. It feels really good. Um, I'm pumped right now. We're going to Vegas next week, and this is this is going to be a high I ride into the vacation.
4: I was going to say you could put like <laughs> the number on roulette, but it doesn't go up to 87.
3: <laughs> or 78. It's an issue. Eight I'll and seven. It on eight and... Yeah, there we go. There we go,
4: Ty. I'm proud of you, Ty. That's all I got for you. You finally did it. God, I feel so good.
3: Next week, we... Next episode. I don't know when it's going to release. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion and Lightyear.
4: Yes, those are the next two on the docket. Um, look, to be completely transparent, Jurassic World Dominion got such shit reviews. If we have to prioritize one, we're going to prioritize Lightyear. I think I'm, I'm not speaking out of turn by just saying that for both of us.
3: No, yeah, you know I don't want to watch this movie. Um, But we're going to make time. We're going to do it. We're going to figure out the recording schedule, and they will be released.
4: Well, we can definitely go see Lightyear in Vegas because we can go to South Point or whatever one of the nights. I know, like, in Vegas you want to gamble and everything, but, like, not you specifically, just in general. But we could carve out one of the four nights we're there or whatever where we take two hours at, like, a 6 p.m. or whatever and just go see Lightyear at, like, South Point or something. Like, we could definitely carve that out.
3: Yeah, we're gonna make it happen. The reviews will be done. Yeah, I'm not letting Jurassic World Dominion get by either. I can't wait to give it a shitty score.
4: Should I bring my podcast, the podcast equipment, to Vegas with me?
3: We're gonna have to uh, discuss the logistics of recording, but I think we might have to.
4: Okay, we'll figure it out. Ty, that's all I got
3: for you. Yeah, um, look forward to those two. Elvis after that, Minions: The Rise of Gru. That sounds fun. And wait, then wait, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Ty
4: real quick idea i just had sorry if we record in vegas can i just get you shit-faced if we do like i'm sober and you're shit-faced and that's the podcast
3: we gotta i don't want to be shit-faced for light year that feels <laughs> like an actual good movie but i'll 100 record jurassic world dominion shit-faced <laughs> like i need like full night out of drinking and then we go back and record an episode
4: <laughs> you might fall asleep mid-episode that'd be great content though
3: just be snoring on mic
4: <laughs> uh, that's definitely in the idea bank we'll, we'll figure that out again last thing that's all I got for you <laughs> in the
3: meantime be a good friend everybody
2: oh yeah that's what I'm talking about oh yeah <laughs> that's a nice fish Whew, that's a nice fish mm, that's a nice fish Mm Mm-hmm. Man, this is great. I'm loving this. This is awesome. It's a good day for me. Come on in here, buddy. Get up on that line. I'm going to take you home. I'm keeping you. You're a keeper. All right. (laughs) Hey, check it out. That is a mighty fine fish. That is a mighty fine fish. I'm so glad I came up here today. Great day for fishing. I love it up here. Man, it's beautiful and the biffs. Yeah. Man, it's beautiful up here and the bitches are biting. Man, it's beautiful up here and the trout are hitting. Yeah, you not getting away from me, buddy. you will mind today. All right awesome excellent into the pail buddy
0: (laughs) yeah